Welcome to the Seed Time Money Podcast. We are your hosts, Bob and Linda Lodick. This is a hope-filled podcast that'll help you save, earn, give, grow, and actually enjoy your money. We don't hold anything back. We share everything that we've learned on our journey. Everything from being 100% broke, to paying off our house by age 31, to finding work with purpose, to giving more than we ever dreamed possible, all while having a blast on this adventure that God has led us on. And if you want to achieve true financial freedom and design a life of eternal impact, this is the show for you. We are so glad you're here. Let's get to it. We are talking about some side hustles today with somebody from our awesome Seed Time community, Peggy Leiden. She just had a cool story of something that she was doing during the pandemic and how she began making a few extra bucks. And so I'm like, let's talk about this. Mm -hmm. Let's just bring her on the podcast and chat. And so Peggy, thanks for taking a few minutes. I know you are an executive coach, but you can tell everybody else what you are doing. Yeah. Thanks, Bob and Linda. Great to be with you guys and big fans of all the great work you're doing. I am a corporate trainer, group facilitator, executive coach. And at the beginning of 2020, I had, oh, I'm going to say 25, 30% of my booked fees in the year melt off my calendar. And so like so many, I wanted inspiration. And one of the ways that I accomplish that for myself is I get on the elliptical in our basement and I find motivating videos on YouTube and I project them onto the TV and watch them. And Bob and Linda, you guys are one of my favorite things to watch. And so, and in one of your episodes, Bob, you were talking about just getting rid of stuff, like turning stuff in your house into cash. And our kids are now 23, 20, 18. And so whether it's clothes or books or shoes or boots or just lots of stuff, I started playing with a couple different things. One of which was Poshmark. You had encouraged on eBay, and I remember the episode where you have a friend of yours talking about, I think he paid off some crazy 80,000 bucks. That's right. 80,000 on eBay selling. Like Now, he would go hunt and buy things and sell on eBay. I'm not doing that. (laughs) Or at least, you know, I don't think I'm doing that. in your basement, right? Exactly. Like, I have made pretty good money just getting rid of stuff, which honestly, we need to declutter anyway. Right. I mean, we all do. Yeah. We probably all have too much stuff. So, well, so it feels so good. It like, does. I mean, yeah, we've, we've done a couple of interviews with a buddy of mine, Joshua Becker, who's a big minimalist author. And once he kind of got me thinking that, that way of like all the benefits and the pressure release mm-hmm. when you get rid of stuff, it's like yes. we both like really got yeah. into it. And it's like, this yeah, is that's, great. That's awesome. It simplifies your life, right? We don't need all this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And especially, I think we have younger kids, but it's like, they phase out of stuff so quickly where you're like, they have to have this. And then all of a sudden they're like, yeah, they're either not interested or they've grown out of it or whatever. So yeah, I love that idea. So you, you're watching some videos, you're getting inspired. How did you, like, what was your first step? Like, so you go through the basement did you try eBay? Did you go directly to Poshmark? Talk me through a little bit of yeah, your thought no, it's process. A great question. I think I prefer Poshmark to eBay for clothing because okay. I think it's easier. What do I mean by that? First step, you know, you register for an account, kind of like you would do for eBay. What's nice about Poshmark is if you have an iPhone or just a good smartphone with a decent camera, which most of yeah. them have fabulous cameras now, you yeah. can take a picture of the clothing item in the app. 
So at first I didn't get that and I was making it harder than you open the app, use the camera in the app and then take pictures. Exactly right. So I'll tell you the hot things that sell and this won't surprise anyone. The Lululemon clothing items, Mm -hmm. Gap clothing items, Nike. So I just sold one of my son's you know, and he's 20 now, but like a child extra large red Nike dry fit sweatshirt had that for a long time. So when you clean out now, that's a good piece and it wasn't worn that much. So you wash it up very nicely, take good pictures of it, give lots of details, show everything you can give a good description. And then pricing's the tricky part because you want it to go, you know? And so you have to think about What's the lowest amount that I'm willing to take for this? And then maybe go up a little bit from that. And my husband always says, sometimes I'll I'll get an offer and I'll say, okay, so last night I had a pair of Lululemon pants listed for $60. I got an offer, a bid for 50, which isn't bad. Now Poshmark always takes 20%. And so sometimes I'll say to my husband, should I take it? And he's like, Peg, you need to figure out in your head, what's the lowest amount you're willing to accept for this? They're a mustard yellow color, which I didn't love. They were actually given to me. And so I accepted the 50, which means I'll get 80% of that $40. You ship them off. So what's handy now, some people might be thinking, oh, that sounds like a pain because, you know, you got to print the shipping label. And at first we've sold now about $1,600 worth of things. And this is just getting rid of stuff in my house, you guys, you know, now it's not 80,000, but it's just weaving it into all the other tasks I have in the midst of my day. And I've got my printer and I got the tape, like kind of an industrial tape thing to make packaging easily. I keep boxes when I get things, you know, if you get something from Amazon, we're always saving Amazon boxes for repurpose it. So yes, you said first step is open the account and just pick three things, pick five things. Sometimes I'll ask my kids. So when my son comes home from college, I'm like, Jake, give me five things out of your room that you know, you're not going to want to wear anymore. Mm -hmm. You know, let's just get rid of stuff because, you know, he takes what he wants to college and there's still a lot of stuff in his room. All right. Well, a couple different questions here. So number one, in terms of pricing, have you like, because this is something that helped me a lot on eBay. You can go through and see what other people are pricing and what other things are selling for. Is there anything uh, like that with Poshmark or are you just is. guessing? Yeah, no, there is. So likely whatever you're selling, you can you can go find it. You know, like eBay, you don't want to be priced too high, but you don't want to be too low either. I mean, these are nice things. And so yeah. you kind of have to think about that. And there, there are the people out there that will lowball bid you. You can choose to accept it or you can choose to counter offer or you can choose to decline it, you know, so you have a couple different options, but I just want to encourage your listeners. You might look at this Poshmark thing and think, no way that is way too much work, but start really small. We now have over 200 things sitting there and I'll throw out PNR's closet. So Peggy and Rachel, Rachel's my youngest daughter, PNR's closet. If you wanted to look Poshmark, they exclusively do clothes, right? Uh, They're just adding technology. So, you know, it's interesting. I have like three or four old iPads. And mm-hmm. I remember you saying they're they Apple iPads. I know. I remember you saying anything Apple will sell. I guarantee it. <laughs> yes. So I might, there's a little incentive right now on Poshmark. Do you know, does eBay take 20%? Because that's what Poshmark. No, I think it's about 10% is a kind of standard. Got it. Yeah. So that's a little painful. And my son who's in college says, mom, I want to be the guy who designs the app for Poshmark and gets that 20% on every single sale. Yeah. Talk about passive income. I mean, wow. Yeah. No, I mean, it's always a convenience play because there's other places where you can trade in an iPad or iPhone and they're going to give you money on the spot and you're not going to do anything. But to the degree, the amount of work that you're willing to put in, the more you're going to get. And that's why 
eBay is very, very simple. And Poshmark might have a little bit of an edge on some of the stuff, but uh, yeah, it's not, I've never sold on Poshmark, but I think that might be a good idea because Linda's got a good amount of name brand clothes that we need to unload, right? Yeah. This is always something for me that I've dabbled a little bit in Poshmark. I heard about it a long time ago, but I don't think I've had the success that you have had. And I'm trying to figure out why. And it's probably my pricing and because I was a little bit confused by it. Well, now you used to work at Anthropology. I think I remember I that. mean, for over Christmas one year. Okay. Oh, got it. So not a ton. Well, I mean, those clothes are lovely. And as you yeah. know, expensive. They can be yeah. expensive. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's just staying with it. But yeah. it's kind of fun to get rid of stuff and to get something for it. Is it kind and, of addicting? You know, well, it's, it's a hobby. Like that's the thing it, it, that. That's right. You know. It is a hobby. That's right. And so, you know, the fun thing now, I'm going to hop over to Rover for a minute. So my, my children now, you know, they're getting older. They'll say, you know, you and dad did a great job raising us, but here's the one thing that you messed up. We should have had a dog. And I, do you guys have a dog? (laughs) No, we have a pretty valid reason. Oh yeah. Our son is allergic to dogs. Isn't that sad? Well, we have some allergies, more cats than dogs, but now that the youngest is the only one in the house, most of the time we will do this Rover thing, which is rover.com is another app, which again, Bob, you inspired me on this and got me thinking about it. And what you do is support people with their dogs. So for example, we might dog sit over a weekend. And my son said, you know what, mom, that's a fun one. Cause you're actually bringing joy into the home yeah. and you're getting paid. So yeah. like, I will love on your dog, but I'm going to give, get to give him back. Uh-huh. Right. Yeah. And yep. so yeah. now some people wouldn't want to do that, but it can be really, it can be really fun. And our rule is only one at a time. Like there are people who will board dogs <laughs> over the weekend and have like five dogs in their house. I'm not doing that. Okay. Um, <laughs> All right. So talk to well, me about, and that's, what's good is that you set the rules, right? right. That's right. Yeah. Okay. So Rover, I have a lot of questions because we've never done that. And it probably depends on the area, but like, what is the going rate there, you know, to have a dog stay with you for a weekend? Like how much are you earning from that? Yeah. So you there, so there's varied rates and you set the rate, but there are samples out there kind of like when you look at eBay and see what things are selling for. So for example, a holiday, let's think over the Christmas break or over the new year's break, these are premium times, right? These are times Mm -hmm. when if people are home, you can actually charge more. So I think we charge 55 for overnight for an overnight stay. Okay. And sometimes you'll have, well, what's nice is people get to know your family and they trust you. And, you know, their dogs are almost like their kids or for some families, they are their children. And so it's a very, a lot of times they'll want to do a meet, what they call a meet and greet. And so they, they come to your house, they kind of check it out, make Mm -hmm. sure that you're good people, you know, and that your environment is appropriate. We have a nice big backyard, but we do not have a fenced backyard. So the Rover thing is kind of cool. And you can decide the weight of the dog, the if it's a puppy, if it's house trained. You put in sort of your, right. So there's a lot of different variables in terms of what you can do. The other thing that the Rover app supplies is kind of a emergency hotline if something goes wrong. Protection for the, I'll say the dog sitter or for the, the dog owner, that kind of thing. Yeah. But High trust is achieved pretty quickly when they see their dogs happy and they see, you know, my daughter's 18 and she's so excited when the, when the dogs show up and, you know, really they want their pets to be loved kind of thing. So in your case, basically $55 a day kind of earning and where you are in that situation. So is this something that, I mean, 
yeah, I mean, right there, that that could be four hundred dollars a month just by doing weekends. And yeah, and I'm thinking about like our kids. Our kids would go crazy. They would be so happy if we brought a dog in for the weekend. They would absolutely love yeah. it. Like that would be so much fun. So yeah, it's just an interesting way to earn a few extra hundred dollars a month doing something that a lot of people probably would love. Right. Right. It's it's. I'll tell you, it's been a lot of fun, and I never would have really thought of that. I mean, truly, Bob, you're the one. I was like, that's an interesting idea, and Rachel would love that because it's a little weird. Like when your kids start to leave, guys, it's kind of mm-hmm. weird. First, the first one, she graduated college. She's now in her real big job in the city of Chicago. I mean, she's she's launched. She's off payroll yeah. now. Yeah. Jake's a sophomore in college, and. He comes home, you know, a little bit, but he's six hours away, actually, in the middle of Iowa. And then Rachel's a senior in high school. And so it wasn't until we just had one who's a senior that I thought, you know, it's kind of quiet. Let's let's do this dog thing. Yeah. But I will say, and you guys can relate to this, you know how sometimes work stuff can get really intense and really busy. So at those times, I don't, there are times when it just does not make sense for us to have an animal, someone else's animal here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I just have too much going on. Yeah. And sometimes I'm teaching programs through like this virtually. And I can't have a dog barking when I'm facilitating some virtual program. Well, you can. It's just not good. (laughs) (laughs) You know, the clients are paying for something and I don't want that. Right. All right. I think in the message you sent, I think you might've mentioned, did your husband do some DoorDash as well? Yeah. So I know this is going to sound crazy. Well, we like you live in a metropolitan area. In areas like we live, things like Instacart, which is the grocery delivery, or DoorDash, or Uber Eats, mm-hmm. or I mean, they're all here. I bet they're all where you live as well. Yeah, we have. All and what's them, yeah. funny is now, you know, some people might be like, "There is no way I would ever do that." And I will confess to you that I, I've done it a few times. I have an account. And I am always praying that I don't see anyone I know. <laughs> I mean, that's bad, right? It's like, is that pride maybe? But if you're on the north part of town, so this is what Scott will do. If he's on the north part of town and he's coming home, he'll turn on the app and he's really strategic about what he accepts, right? So there's a lot that could potentially come at you for DoorDash. And he'll accept something that is near where he is and it's close to where we live. And so he'll sometimes get $8 for driving home because he grabs something that's on the way and delivers it very close to where we live. Now, he's more strategic than most because if you're not careful, you can accept something that's eight miles away. Well, eight miles with the price of gas, that doesn't make sense, right? He would tell you if he was on here that he will not accept anything that's less than about a dollar a mile for him. Yeah. And usually it's on the way to where he's going. Yeah, that's smart. All right. So for anybody who doesn't know, DoorDash, um, is it restaurants exclusively? Have they added anything else? You know what? They have added things. They've added Walgreens. Okay. It's mostly food. And sometimes it's higher end restaurants like Sullivan's Steakhouse in downtown Naperville or Morton's Steakhouse. Which I don't understand that. Like, I don't know why you would get that delivered. But well, I'll give you an example. You, you might have a business traveler who is at yeah. a hotel who wants a fancy dinner, but in these COVID times is not going to go out. So yeah. they might get Morton's or Sullivan's, right? Fancy, fancy, high-end, expensive steakhouses, and they might have it delivered to their hotel room. That is hilarious. Just seems like if you're going to get a $50 steak, I don't want it sitting in styrofoam for half an hour on the ride. Exactly. You know? <laughs> I agree with you 100%. Yeah, right. 
Yeah. And then, I mean, the tips, you guys, sometimes the tips are crazy. Like, you know, $14, $15, $20 on, on larger. What, what else besides Walgreens? I think some grocery stores, you know, it's funny because it's, these things are all converging and diverging, right? So like Poshmark's getting into electronics, Uber or DoorDash is getting into some groceries or a few things at Walgreens. I want to talk about some of the psychology here, a little bit of this real quick, because I want to know, because so many people hear about, oh, there's a side hustle or I could do this and earn some extra cash, but it's different because like you've now tried three different things and maybe there's others, but like each one of these requires a stepping outside of my comfort zone. eh, I'm going to give it a try. Like what, what got you through that? Well, you know, I think what piqued my interest was when all the stuff melted off my calendar in the pandemic year, I was like, oh my gosh, I know that God's got us. I know that we're going to be fine. I know that we have marketable skills, but this is a massive shift. Yeah. Yeah. Right. For everybody. I mean, there was just a lot of recreation and, and new birth, new ideas. I had to think about my own business because shortly before the pandemic, I decided to leave a large training company. I was on staff with them as a delivery consultant. And I decided to go fully independent, which was super exciting and absolutely the right move for me. I have not looked back. That was right before the pandemic, where with them, I didn't have to do anything. And the dates just appeared on my calendar. But now as running my own shop, it's all on me to make this stuff happen. And so I think it forced me. I was so uncomfortable already, Bob, that I was like, you know what? Let's give this a whirl. I'm going to try this Poshmark stuff. I'm going to try Rover.com. And Scott's going to try DoorDash. Yeah, so it was a little bit of a humility thing. If you told me a couple of years ago that I would have done this, I would have. I mean, I was traveling all the time and I'm a super busy consultant yeah. and yeah. had the positive business clothes, half of which I've sold or donated or, yeah. you know. I think that's something that's so beautiful in it, though, is that God's like, there's more to you than just that aspect of it. And I wonder too, if part of it was to keep yourself from going a little bit, getting a little bit weird, just because there's not as much to do. If you were used to being busy all the time. Yes. Well, you know, and it's really interesting that you talk about that, you guys, because God really revealed some idols to me Mm. and my identity. So, you know, Linda, you're in the season with little kids and schooling and training and manners and it's baths. You're in the very physical stage of raising children. And I've been there and done that with three. Uh Now though, you know, I was grappling with, well, who am I Mm -hmm. if some of my work is melting away? Mm -hmm. And so that can be, that I think for many people coming through the pandemic was a really beautiful movement of Reevaluating trust and faith. You know, it's all going to be okay. There's no work really that should be beneath any of us. Yeah. yeah. And what's neat is, you know, I feel like God has refined my heart, blessed my work, showed us that there's creative things we can do, you know, and it all worked out just yeah. fine. That's really good. All right. Well, I appreciate you taking the time to chat with us today. So being corporate trainer, executive coach, anybody needs that service, where can they find out about you? Yeah. So thank you so much for that, Bob. A website is www.leiden, L-E-Y-D-E-N consulting.com. 
Great. there's a place that they can contact me there. And, um, you know, I did scribble down a few topic areas, things like professional branding has been very important lately, handling difficult conversations, giving effective feedback can be a tough thing, especially for new managers personal effectiveness, work-life balance, project management, refining your mission statement. So those are a few of the things that are really fun that I get to do. Yeah. All right. Well, appreciate you taking the time, Peggy. Thanks for sharing your wisdom, your experience on this. And yeah, and hopefully this will encourage a few more people to run out and start trying some things because it's really not, yeah, it's just not that scary. There's never been a better time in the history of the world to have a side hustle <laughs> yeah. and to earn some extra income outside of our main job. So mm-hmm. thanks for yeah, taking so the time Linda, to I encourage that. you to check it out. And you know what? It, it starts slow, but just hang in there. Maybe you pick a few things a month to list, like three, and yeah. look at your closet and think, what do I not love? Or you could you can still wear it even when it's listed, but you just want to wash it and make it nice. And if it goes, I figure I have more than I need. You know? Exactly. So does Linda. True. We're good. Though. <laughs> All right, Peggy. Thanks Take for your care, time. you guys. I'm a big fan. Thanks for joining us on the Seed Time Money Podcast. And remember, money isn't the goal, but it's simply a tool to help you fulfill your purpose and your calling. And we'd love to help you achieve true financial freedom faster with our email newsletter. So if you want exclusive money tips and hope-filled encouragement in your inbox, head over to seedtime.com to get signed up. Knock knock. Who's there? Leaf. Leave who? Leave us a review on iTunes, please. (laughs) All right. Thanks for listening. Know we are praying for you and we'll see you in the next episode. (laughs) 